Change Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, and I am here with a uh, longtime uh, caller, longtime uh, listener, longtime friend. Uh, Sean McTiernan is is back on the show. You all said it couldn't be done, and uh, and I made it happen. Um, <laughs> Congrats. Great book. <laughs> I, I did it. I, I finally did it. Um, I, they either said I, it couldn't be done or, uh, you know, taunted me at my home address. <laughs> and I've, I've proved them all wrong. That guy uh, doesn't Sean. talk to people. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, it's, it's really good to good to have you on. Uh, thank you very much. It's good to be back. Um, I feel like I feel a little bit rusty, but you know, um, I'm I, oh. in, in the talking to other people stakes. Even though I am technically on a podcast, not technically, I am on a podcast where I talk to people. We can talk about that. But it's good to be back anyway. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's 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 like riding a bike, uh, talking mm. to people. That's what painful. I hear. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. you, very confusing. Typically <laughs> yeah, exactly. disorienting. Exactly. Um, Something where my dad is screaming at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, I'm, I might be the worst bike rider of of anyone in my family, and like they they found this out when um we we went, I went on vacation with my uh, then girlfriend now wife's parents where uh, uh they all boat bike rode and they like they loved like bike riding all over the place and they were like Trevor we have you we have a bike for you and I just like every time someone would approach me um like be on the same trail as me I just like panic and almost fall off yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's they were like right, do you, yeah. do you know how to ride a bike it's like yeah like <laughs> theoretically I do I get I get all this stuff I think I've only re- been on a bike maybe once since I was 12 and it was it was like a a very a low profile bike that uh, you cycle around an island beside Toronto and yeah. uh, a bunch of people laughed at me because I was singing born to be wild really loud and turned a corner and there was like a huge amount of Canadian people. And <laughs> the Canadian sense of humor is they uh, spot weakness and laugh, which is like the German sense of humor. Um, so they were they had a great time, but I was traumatized oh. once more. You know, yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds about right for humor. Um, <laughs> that that's a. I was going to say that sounds like one of those classic stories, and then it, ultimately it does, it just sounds sad, and I don't like it. Uh, those I don't are like, the most like classic stories of all. You know. <laughs> The ones that are sad and I don't yeah. like. Uh, so now on to uh, Sophie's choice. What would you talk about <laughs> today? Um, but no, you. Uh, so you're on. So you're on two podcasts then, because the one we're talking about today is uh, the dual the dual threat. Yeah. Of uh, of SF Ultra and Perfect Taste Forever. Um, but what is the before we get into that? What is this? What is this mysterious podcast that you're on where you talk? Uh, to people? I'd be remiss if I didn't plug Bodega Box Office. Which is a podcast about rap movies. What's a rap movie? A ra- I'm repeating Ryan's intro now. A rap movie is either a, po- a film either directed by, written by, or starring a rapper. Okay. Um, and I know some of your audience would be thinking, how many? How many could there be? I'll put it to you this way, guys. They've recorded 140 episodes, um, and the Google Doc is still very long. But I have always approached guesting on their show. First of all, it's the only podcast. I've stopped this now that I'm a permanent third chair, but it was the only podcast I ever drank on. Um, So those are interesting ones to listen to. But I always try to kind of make it so like uh, we covered with me, we did Ghost Dog. Um, yeah, okay. I did like, you know, like I kind of the I best made ones. It, yeah, well, yeah, I kind <laughs> of went I made it a bit more wanky if you like. Um, but um there's a there's a 3-hour episode on the Irishman because Action Bronson appears in it for 30 seconds, you know. Oh my god, I forgot that Action Bronson was in that movie. Good lord. <laughs> it's very startling. You're like, what's this guy doing here towards the end? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, look, uh he he earned his he earned his place there, I guess. Um so yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
It's it, yeah, I mean, it's it's great because uh, Killer Mike is actually in a Bronx Tale. Uh, if you if you look very carefully as a child, so you yeah, it, it's it's really like I'm waiting for I'm looking at which Theodore Dreiser film does uh, you know does uh, <laughs> uh, Fabo turn up in? Uh, yeah, so I was like, who's the most Theodore Dreiser director? Uh, but yeah, so I, I the guys are great, um, Ryan and Anthony, and they, I was on the, I've been destined on their show for like seven years, and the last time I was on, they were like, "Do you just want to be on every?" episode? episode and I said yes I do and one of the things That's we're doing yeah one of the things we're doing now and it's not because of my corrupting influence actually it's a choice on their part is to broaden it out to just films with musicians in them um you know I think they've earned that after 140 episodes of reviewing like some very very questionable films um but uh so I think we did Dwight Yoakam a couple of episodes Ooh. ago because he's in uh he's in panic room and um more to come so yeah i'm i'm i really like doing it um and it's it's you know it's a bit of a laugh they're great so yeah that's great yeah i was gonna say like it it, it doing just on rap movies makes tons of sense but it's it's like it's just a shade away from like being like i'm gonna do movies that writers appear in you have to do like all six yukio mishima movies or whatever <laughs> just bombing um, your way through jesus christ <laughs> yeah i mean the, the good thing about the podcast for me is i have like i i have a i was really into rap music i still am really into rap but i was really really into like new rap music for exactly 18 months mm. in about 2010 but Anthony on the podcast, but Ryan and Anthony both have pretty encyclopedic knowledge of rap music. So whenever a rapper appears, they talk about one track and, and the, the kind of sideways attitude I take towards picking movies, Anthony takes towards picking tracks. So it'll always be like a non-album weird remix. Like I think for Busta yes. Rhymes, was it Busta Rhymes? They did a song that was like um, his version rapping with... Um, the Grinch or something like it's really traumatizing anyway uh, so yeah so it's 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 good for deep cuts as well you know <laughs> very good all right cool uh, what is the name of the show again uh, Bodega Box Office okay excellent yeah, excellent um, I wanted to make sure we said it twice which no, is always, thank you. always the kicker yeah. uh, since we're not covering it but it sounds great I'm gonna go listen to it um, uh, at some point soon because that sounds like it is right in my alley I never heard of it so um, all right cool so you are also starting your own solo podcast uh, called SF Ultra. You have started it. It has two uh -huh. episodes in. Yeah. I am going to disagree with you, although um, th this is well within the spirit of your um, points on authorial intent and the DeLorean. Um, uh, I think the DeLorean is science fiction, and you should count your list at two. But uh, yeah. so far... You have your list at one science fiction book. Yeah, <laughs> out of how many? One hundred. So I should ah, okay. explain, right? So <laughs> I, I'm gonna the, the the idea behind the podcast is, and this is not just gonna be a plug fest, but I will say the idea behind the podcast is, I bought a hundred science fiction, more than a hundred. I, I never like science fiction, but I went to a town in Wales that has twenty secondhand bookshops or twenty bookshops. Some of them are secondhand, and I bought. For a very for a very affordable rate, roughly a hundred or so science fiction novels because I'd been watching a lot of the YouTuber book pilled um, personal friend Matt. Uh, been watching a lot of his videos. He's really really he sells he buys secondhand sixties and seventies mainly science fiction in San Diego, reads it but also sells it online. Hmm. And the covers are amazing, and uh, he's very. So I kind of had this idea behind, but it was a very scattergun approach. You know, I wasn't taking, picking from a hundred best list or whatever, and I was like, I'm going to 
brainwash myself into liking science fiction. And then I thought, I need like a reason to do this or I won't do it. So I, I came up with the show. But the problem is, I also have some newer novels that fit into the science fiction thing, or so I thought. And I added a new thing to the end of the last episode where if I don't think it's a science fiction novel, I can't count it. The um, absolute, the absolute like hesitancy in your voice as you're adding it where you're like, oh God, like yeah. I don't, oh, I guess not. It's just like... The purity of your purpose shows through at that point. Well, I think secretly, right, um, uh, insider information for the No Cartridge listener, part of that is to quell the impulse that I regularly, that I was talking about with Bodega Box Office, where, like, I pick a very obviously, like, you know, famous novel in literature or whatever, Mm. and be like, actually, this is science fiction. You know, like, lots of um, kind of people have reviewed... Anna Kavan's Ice and been like this isn't science fiction and then a lot of sci-fi science sorry sci-fi is an epithet I've learned um, science oh. fiction guys yeah right you didn't know well, that either I, no I, I thought it was okay <laughs> no I've never met anybody who knows this but there's another YouTuber called the Outlaw Bookseller who is great but is very persnickety um who has been hand-selling science fiction for 40 years. Very funny. But he wow. he's, he's dead serious about that as well. But he had a video recently where it called Don't Say Sci-Fi, where he explained that it made you out to be a complete dick-ass noob um, if you because all science fiction writers hate it and then like wow. several people who write science fiction and a lot of people were like no it does what like and, and <laughs> but apparently you know Harlan Edison said this and you know he never he never steered anyone wrong he's so. never had a bad idea yeah, that's not a controversial guy to like but so yeah apparently science fiction is an epithet or sci-fi is an epithet so I'm keeping I, that's why it's SF Ultra not sci-fi Ultra okay no it's good you listen to that before you yeah, I was like, I don't want, that guy, don't want one guy in Bath, England to hate me. But I, yeah, uh, and... Uh, you say so that yeah, as a joke, but that's like essentially how I approach all of my projects. <laughs> oh, this is it, yeah, yeah. There's always one. I know there's always like, every, and it has happened already, there's always, whenever I start a new project, somebody I've never met somewhere in the world wakes up and goes, I fucking hate this guy, even though no matter what I, how innocuous I try to be, um, that's all, there's all, and that's the price of fame. And the other thing, fame that's the price of doing anything creative ever but the difference this time between my previous podcasts is i had the the temerity uh to start patreon Hmm. Um, yes you know finally yeah you say temerity it's funny i i don't know i know i've been one of them but i i can't imagine how many people have told you this like you you've you've quieted the nattering mob uh, telling you to finally like monetize the stuff you put so much work into. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to tell my mom. This is like classic Irish psychodrama. I was trying to tell my mom. I was like, yeah, like a lot of people joined, and I'm not going to say how much. Like I'm not rich or anything, but like way more people than I thought joined. And I was like, and a load of them were like, thank you for finally giving. Me, and she just didn't believe me. You know, I was like, no, they all said like, thank you for the opportunity for to give you money. And I was just bowled over again. I keep saying, but, but I, by the generosity and stuff, and and I fully expect, you know, next month, 
you know the number to go down. I, I'm definitely at the peak right now. Incredible but, uh, news! It never really works that way. Inertia is amazing on Patreon. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping me, Netflix, Shudder, and a couple of other things just go under the radar the whole time. Uh, but <laughs> Shudder. But um, I've been subscribed to Shudder in error. I subscribed to Shudder for 18 months without realizing it. I give them 60 euro or whatever. You're <laughs> a huge fan of Shudder and, and most of what they put out. Though, oh, right? like, fully. Like I, I definitely. The thing is, right? I was watching their their uh, films uh, every so often. Like I hate watching, I guess. Uh, and some of them are good, but a lot of them make me mad. Um, on like illegal Russian streaming, while fully within my rights to watch them <laughs> on the website. I'm not adding to your analytics. Um, so it's, just, yeah. it, it, it's it's a better vibe to watch it on the streaming site. Yeah, definitely. Um, don't ever watch Blumhouse. Uh, like you know, legally. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I, they're not exactly hurting for money. I don't want to, like, I don't want to, I know home taping is killing music, but those guys have a lot of money. But um, Regan made more than, like, uh, yeah, I don't know, more than God. Yeah, it, it's just, and, uh, like, again, the thing with horror films that I always love explaining to people is they cost fucking nothing. <laughs> and then, like, they cost, like, $3 million to make, and then they pay... 50 million dollars to promote it or something and then they mm-hmm. make half you know half a, not quite half a billion but like a lot more than you would think and it's always really bad ones like the nun where you're like really is anybody watching and then i hear children outside going the nun's gonna get you you know like it's that level of cultural <laughs> cultural oh, uh, impact or whatever the amount of the amount of like stupid roblox characters i just know from the internet that my daughter's like well there's a new rumor and it's about like a roblox red room that'll kill you and i'm like what what the fuck <laughs> your stupid friends <laughs> yeah yeah oh god. my god yeah yeah no i heard i heard like kids talk about the thing at the front you know like the, the clown and i was like those assholes it's not called the thing no they're like they're like five and six and they're like a killer clown comes and kills you um yeah the, the the rumors like they're they're all like horror movie cliches. Tilly's yeah. the one Tilly said was like it's a phone and you pick it up, and then someone co- you like make a call and someone kills you. It's like okay, cool. The deep it's enormously written. inefficient uh, <laughs> for, for whoever's doing it. Like yeah, most most well conceived uh, creepy pasta about the dark web. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 exciting what sells. Um, it never makes me upset. No, it's great. It's always great. I, and and like and especially now with horror, I will say it's very interesting to me that like one of the biggest sensations in horror at the moment is a CGI series like a 17-year-old is making called The Backrooms. Oh um, no, I hate The Backrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like it's really impressive what what he's doing like you know, oh is it actually like a series I've, I've like i've heard some of the because i listen to like dumb creepy pastas when i'm right yeah, to yeah. turn off my brain and like the back rooms will come up and it's always like i went in an elevator and uh-oh i'm yeah. in a weird place and it looks like an office and there are monsters here yeah um, it's all it's all basically it's a guy kind of making a decent stab at turning that into a world but the effects are like I would say three or four times as good as, you know, an episode of Black Mirror or something. So not like perfect, but like pretty good. And when you you find out he's like 19 or something, um, he's, he's, and I think he's already got like a, 
you know, a con like a, he's been signed by a studio to do a real, well, I say real film, but like millions of people are watching it on YouTube and stuff. Um, well, people are can be really young making those unfiction series, you know? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're pretty amazing. I mean, I, I, not to get really sincere, but I actually think lots of them are, are, are pretty good. Um, oh, I mean, I, 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 I say I hate the back rooms. I just hate the concept. That no, actually no, totally. sounds pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah. Like, oh man, like the, the creepypasta stuff. Like there's a guy and I do not impugn him whatsoever, but I sometimes think, ah oh, man, you know, there's a guy who is one of the original guys who um, set up SCP, you, mm-hmm. know, the, you know, that thing. And he yes. has a YouTube channel where like three times a week, he tells people they're misinterpreting some key aspect of SCP. Oh, He's got hundreds of videos like this, and it's like, and I, and I mean, that's kind of you know the jokey way here, but it's still like he's definitely mad about some stuff, and it's like, man, I think the community once. Uh, you know, a hundred thousand people tried to write for something. It's probably gotten away from you a little bit. You, you, don't, know? you don't really have owner. I mean, there's it, you can argue that you don't have ownership of something when you yourself write it and release it to a hundred yeah. people. If, if people are like co-writing your thing, you've lost it completely. Yeah, the first time somebody reads something, that's the first time it, you're not in control of what it means, you know. <laughs> Harold Bloom's not coming to save you at that point. Um, that fucking asshole. Yeah, I, I like I'm, it. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? I said that fucking asshole. I, I, oh, I've got okay. the, I couldn't hear you. Him. I thought you said not a fucking chance. And I was like, yeah, it sounded way more spiteful than it was that. No, no, yeah, no. Him, Robert McKee, all those guys. I will face them in the octagon. I will, I'll have a loser leaves town match with any of them. Um, Once you, like, yeah. it's it's basically like the anime version of uh, you dying and coming back to life is you have to defeat them in the, in the afterworld. Yeah, um. exactly. They're like, it's got seven parts. I'm going to rip you into seven parts. <laughs> I got, I got, uh, there's one over. So put the, well, yeah. Oh, God, those guys. Because um, occasionally. New critics. <laughs> oh, man. There's a, occasionally there is a not going to. I'm not going to give too many details. A comic guy I'm not a huge fan of was like, I don't, didn't think his comics could get any worse. And then he like made a post being like, reading Robert McKee. And I was like, oh my God. And sure enough, his next comic was even worse than before. I was like, oh Jesus. <laughs> he Give took me the challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, oh, I just read Malcolm Gladwell. And if I spend 10,000 hours thinking about plot, I'm going to get better. It's like, no. <laughs> God, I hate that guy so much. Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know the comics guy, but I hate the, yeah. I hate Malcolm Gladwell. Um, what was I going to say about – oh, yeah. So one of the things I, I really like uh, to, to sort of pivot back so people will subscribe to you instead of sure. uh, hear us um, yelling about stuff. I mean that's going to be most of the episode, but no, it's okay. That's what I, um, episode, yeah. uh, so I like I, – I think the cool thing about about your Patreon and the podcast is like you've, you've managed to do something that I've never managed to do, which is uh, conceive of something that gives the Patreon value. Um, <laughs> no, that's not fair on you. Come on. Well, oh, oh, well, thank you. But like, I, I've always, I've always felt unsatisfied with my efforts. I'll say that much. Um, but the, the, what I like about it is like, if SF Ultra is you trying to like unpack your feelings on like a genre you've never liked, which is, I will say, a very classic uh, Sean McTiernan yes, approach exactly. to podcast. I hate something. I am now going to become master of the blade in that thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is right. hundreds of pixelated dead bodies to yeah, me. Writ large. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like the, the, the perfect taste forever is basically like the other version of it where, where people are like, but what does Sean like? Like, I want to know more about what you like. And it's, it's great that you're providing both. It's, it's extremely ambitious. And, um, 
I'm I'm scared how much work it is, but it is well, it is yeah, impressive. Well, uh, if you want to listen to if if your listeners want to listen to the end of last week's episode of SF Ultra, you can hear me. Oh no, I think it might be this this week's episode of Perfect Taste Forever. I can't remember which, but I realize. Uh, it's this week's episode of Perfect Taste Forever, so you'll have to pay me to listen to this. But I realized that I have recorded roughly in my life 200-ish solo podcasts and the projected length of SF Ultra and Perfect Taste Forever means that I am halfway through. And I sound funereal upon that realization. But, you know, we, we move. We'll keep going. You know, like, but... Yeah, uh, if- Funereal one moment, uh, optimistic the next. This is how this, this is, is life, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I will say having people being like, you know, have you know, getting a bit of money for it really makes you, like, you know, I mean, I I want to say big plans for the pay. I I have like a couple of plans for like sweeps week and stuff, which is funny. <laughs> are like you know like to to boost the ratings in November or whatever. But it does make me think like, oh, I really understand why. When people get a little bit of money, they're like, I'm going to do loads of ambitious stuff. And then three weeks later, they're like, I am pausing Patreon for this month because I do not intend to create any contact. Please forgive me, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a, it's a balance. It's absolutely a balance. I think, like, yours is ambitious and also, I mean, I, I hesitate to say limited because you did set up 100 books as a, <laughs> as a goal. But, <laughs> yeah. uh but like also you've, you've given yourself a number and you release once a week. And I think that's, 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 yeah, good. I always, the only, th- like I, I have the only definite thing I have learned in terms of making people like podcasts. Cause I tried to be super commercial and immediately stopped with all units, which I did a few years ago. But, um, was that if you set a finite amount, everyone likes that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, no, I, I love even, it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is like, oh, good, a series. Because cause it means, and it also means people start from the start, you know, mm-hmm. which is like pretty important because a lot of times people like jump in or whatever. And it feels like a body of work at the end as well, you know. Um, I appreciate um, you coming on my podcast to help me determine what a podcast is because I've like, I've clearly screwed it up. I'm agreeing with asshole. everything. I'm, I'm agreeing. Like, no, 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 no. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. And I'm like, but I don't do that. Um, yeah, so yeah. a lot of changes happening around here based on this conversation um (laughs) well you know like you're i mean you do so many like ambitious like covering different topics or whatever and like you know um sf ultra is about something i i don't know about by definition you know although that kind of makes it sound like it's going to be like mystery science theater it's not it's very serious um well yeah and uh, like i was gonna say you know as a I'm, i'm saying this i'm putting on a hat that i try never to put on but as a, like putting on my literary criticism hat your um, literature stetson yes yeah it's 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 extremely unwieldy <laughs> your 10 gallon professorial hat yeah. <laughs> um no I, I i honestly think you're doing like really good literary criticism which is funny because it was like this is this is um this is a feeling that i'm saying this like within probably a week of thinking that like maybe no one can do really good literary criticism anymore. Um, but like what I, what I love about SF ultra, um, I mean, it's two episodes in, so I should, I should clarify. I'm not trying to say that you're done or like trying to like <laughs> characterize a future project. Um, but what I love about what I've heard of SF ultra yeah, no. and, and your plans and how you're approaching it and everything is, um, the the way that you research this stuff, like uh, the one I listened to twice was the Deloriad one, so it's in my head. But the um, oh yeah, the your episode on the Deloriad was excellent, and I I, I think like I, I wasn't clouded either because High Rise is is a novel that I've thought about a lot. So um, mm. 
Yeah. It helps that I that I did not read the Deloriad in some ways, but I liked like the way that you like feathered in stuff about um, you know uh, her criticism, uh, the author's criticism, and um, it's Missouri. Sorry. Williams. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I want to say Johnson, and I was like, that is not correct. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> take take uh, that Stetson off. You're overheating. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zora Williams. <laughs> By God, uh, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, like you, you brought in her criticism in, in a really interesting way. Like I, I'll say like the, the part that I was most interested in, two parts, where like you talked about authorial intent, and you did it in a way that didn't bring up uh, Barth's death of the author, which like, thank God. Um, I'm so sick of people bringing up death of the author as an authorial intent thing because it is not that. Yeah, um, there's a lot of people out there doing the Bartman slightly incorrectly. I think, <laughs> not that Everybody. I know, but like it just feels a little bit. Yeah, like I think it's kind of even I saw on some discussion the other day, someone was like, someone <laughs> talking about the most unfortunate example ever. A guy said, you know, people say Charles Bukowski doesn't like women. Just and I was like, you could have picked anyone else. <laughs> What? This they say that bad. because it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, and, and you know, but uh, that's Henry Chinaski. Who is that in the book? Tell me, you know, like, it's like, God, people just use it to absolve everyone of everything. Yeah, and exactly. absolution is not criticism. You know what I mean? So No, yeah. and intent, intent also isn't like, like arguing about intent ends up looking more like what you did, which is like, I have to say as someone who like spent most of my PhD years thinking about intention because that was what my program was like interested in. Like the most people think about intention as like this binary thing where it's like either you think the author did everything right and they can yeah. never be wrong and like you know the the you know what they say goes and that's interpretation, or you say like it can mean anything like you know get get crazy like books don't mean anything except what the reader thinks, and like that's just simply not a fair binary. And I think like the way you approached it and thinking like well what does it matter. You know where does where does this have its limits? Um, yeah. Can we can we sort of point out some flaws while also kind of giving credit here in terms of like style? Like the way you talked about the prose was really interesting, um, and then also how you like and, and you said you didn't know anything about it, and I I, I believe you because like only uh, idiots like me um, focus on focus any of their energy on understanding Heidegger. But um, having uh, done that at one point in my life. Uh, you're talk. You're like actually taking seriously her theories about uh, Heideggerian um, being and how she's like yeah. trying to subvert that. It's like it's so smart and so it gives like such credit to the author. And like I, you know, for a show that is coming at it from this sort of like I've never liked this, but let's see what I can do about it. That is so like that is so appealing to me because it's not it's not arch. It's not even remotely like. I'm better than the genre. It's just approaching it as like, okay, so like, what is this thing? Yeah, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I personally, it just, I do worry sometimes that people think it's going to be me being like, Philip K. Dick, Philip K. Dickhead. You know, like, I'm just going <laughs> to, making fun of all the the stuff. And, and it is like, look, when I get to, the, the guys in the 70s whose every the subtext of every book is I am unspeakably horny maybe it will be a bit more mocking or whatever not Michael I'm, Moorcock yeah, <laughs> I, I hope I've you're polite to him I, I've never I've never read you know like fucking picked up one of those books where I'm not like is this guy on a list <laughs> did they make a list yeah like, uh, but uh, yeah uh, but I think you know I'm still trying to you know take it 
take it as seriously as possible and, and form an idea. Because I, I found it immensely rewarding to do, you reference pixelated dead bodies, because I didn't like found footage. And I was like, well, why don't I like it? And and I and I watched 31 of them or whatever in two weeks and did podcasts about them, which I imagine to a lot of listeners probably sounds like a fucking nightmare. But I um, I at the end, I ended up with not... I ended up with a really weird understanding of found footage. And I like a load of films where it's very funny. Um, I sometimes vanity search, uh, I'll admit it, the name of my podcasts on, and the podcasts I've done, on Letterboxd to see if anybody watches the stuff I recommend. And somebody was like, I guess I'm going to stop watching pixelated dead bodies films because they gave something like one and a half stars that I thought was great because I was so like (laughs) into this concept. And it, it collided with my love of like, anything in the early 2000s I'm like extremely nostalgic now I find like after turning 30 you know and I'm Mm -hmm. 33 now or whatever that I like I got so nostalgic that I watched oh so many British reality shows about going on package holidays and about how an airplane runs. This was like a thing, late 90s, early 2000s, that I both used to watch. And obviously, when if you're Irish and you go on package holidays, it's a lot of the same places as British people. Um, and I was just overwhelmed by nostalgia of the shirts, like everything about it. So I, um, I really understand, you know, like kind of, uh, kind of uh, like uh, taking my own thing into something and like oh I can interpret it this a certain way I feel like so yep. I'm eager to see how and obviously I love genre fiction and stuff so I'm eager to see how and it's interesting because it's very influenced by kind of the outlaw bookseller who was uh, my secret guy on YouTube I liked for a long time he's getting over a thousand views a video now so he's kind of on mainstream as far as I'm concerned uh, but he was he was like that would have it um, but uh it's it's really good. I mean, yeah, it's really good to have a low view of people. But but him and Matt are kind of the the guiding light. And looking up other stuff as well, you know. Like and then I like Samuel Delaney's non spaceship writing, so I might mm-hmm. as well read his spaceship writing as well because <laughs> uh, because he didn't delineate between them really. So why should I kind of thing? So yeah. um yeah, I've got a lot of stuff lined up. Um and it and I do think I'm kind of in the unfortunate position where. Not unfortunate, but I have made that place in Wales like a central part of the lore, so much so that I know I'll have to go back there, even though my house cannot support another hundred books, kind of thing. Um, it's, it's, everyone, it's SF Ultra Two, the return of SF Ultra. Yeah, but I definitely will, because uh, well, partially because when I was there with my dad, my dad who bought a mere fifty books was like, "We have to go stack. back," and I said. Um, oh man it'll be five years before I read all these and he's like I don't have as long as you we have to go back he said that <laughs> wow oh fuck um, and he reads like my dad gets up every morning goes for a run goes for a cycle and then swims and then spends the rest of the day reading books so he is motored through all of them Wow. Um, in a, in 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 the perfect existence he designed for himself before he retired. I don't um, have as long as. You. Well, if he keeps swimming and running, he should yeah, be exactly. Doing fine. Johnny triathlon, like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen my egg-like physique, but I, I, we, you might be across purposes there. But still, it's I. So I'll definitely have to go back there, you know, and um, with my newly informed science fiction palette kind of thing because um, there was just walls of the books there was absolutely mm-hmm. just and, and that I'd never I'd never heard of Robert Silverberg before and like stuff where 
you know, like say I found all four um, Book of the New Sun books mm. beside yeah. each other for two pounds each. Wow. Like in fairly good condition. And anyone I said that to, like, goes entire either doesn't know what I'm talking about or goes puce with anger that they made more than that or whatever. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, that's an incredible deal. Like it's yeah. it's it's like what's interesting about all that though is like the you know, it goes into like your 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 approach, which I like, which is like not a you know, you say like the 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 anecdote about like people finding uh, your movies and saying maybe I won't watch these anymore. But like one of the one of the things is like about the podcast that's really good and about your your list podcast that I love is most. Of the, I mean, you will say if you like it or not. Like you're not you're not shying yeah. away from that. But it's not it's not a like Sean tells you what's up kind of podcast ever. It's always like you know you liking it or not is sort of almost secondary. It ends up oh, being always like, yeah yeah. Some, it ends somebody up being said a, to me like oh um. So what did somebody say? I said, will I say the book before I cover it? You know, I asked, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to, unlike every question I asked, I didn't really want an answer. Uh, But (laughs) someone was like, well, there'd be no point um, buying a book only to hear an hour long show about how you don't like it. And it's funny because I really get what that person is saying, but it sounds really, it's super pretentious, but I had to be like, that's not really what I do kind of thing. You know, well, it's like, not. I don't, yeah. yeah. Like even when yeah. you don't, I'm thinking about, there's a, there's an episode of pixelated dead bodies where you cover, um, Oh, I don't even remember what it was called. It was that, it was that like, it was the movie that you sort of thought would be much better, which was the, um, Oh, behind the mask. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover yeah. behind the mask, and like it's clear in the episode that you're furious with the <laughs> like, yes, you're just, like, yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. angry with it. But even out outside the anger, you like you actually sort of like cover what it does and like why you don't think it succeeds, but why you think it's interesting, and like you do that with books you like too. Like it seemed like you liked the Deloriad, and then also you were like, but look, it, like it uses it uses like it doesn't really understand like. It, or it uses disability as an allegory at one yeah, point. Yeah, in a way like, that, yeah, it's clearly, yeah. It it's like not super effective. It's like you point out flaws in that too. And it really just becomes like kind of a reading practice. And I think like, you know, the the way you describe the Welsh bookstore or the Welsh bookstore is like, you know, it, it's all these books. Like Book of the New Sun has this enormous cult um, yeah. following at this point. And then just like next to stuff that is like, you know, a, a tour edition that never got re-upped. And it's, it, it all sort of exists on the same plane. So it's not yeah, like... Yeah, it's mad. Like yeah. you see like a shelf full of Piers Anthony and you're like, well, even I know not to touch that. And then you know, <laughs> un, underneath it, there's like five Robert Silverberg books. And it's like, and it's funny because the, the outlaw bookseller himself goes there a couple of times a year to like snap up the bargains or whatever. Oh, cool. And he said in a video, you never find Philip K. Dick there you never find Gene Wolfe. And I was like, well, I bought every volume of Philip K. Dick's short stories there in like the, with the Chris Foss covers. That's and why also, you don't find him. <laughs> yeah, it's because I was there. But it's so funny because he is, he, you know, he has stories from going there in the 90s when it was like, because they, it's this tiny Welsh town and the guy, the guy with a bookshop there decided they'd brand it as book town. Right. And <laughs> it, it worked. People come from, and it's not actually that easy to get to. Like, I'm lucky my dad wanted to go because there's no way to go as like a person just flying to Wales for like two days. It's five hours on the train, no matter where you land. Right. Um, 
and then you have to stay there and then you have to get the books back and stuff. But he decided it was a book town and he kind of promoted like that in other bookshops. And there used to be way more. There used to be just a science fiction and fantasy bookshop, which I'm wow. pretty sure is why there's so much of that because that shop definitely liquidated and then sold its stock or whatever. But um, there used to, I mean, there still is a bookshop that's just crime books. Um, and you would think I'd love that, but actually they're all priced for collectors and really expensive. And sure. it's, better to, it's better to buy crime books literally anywhere else in the, in the town. But there are, you know, there's like, there's not just one bookshop that has like loads of books. There's, there's there's a converted cinema that has I'd say easily over a hundred thousand books. God, that's there's, amazing. There's, there's and there's I'd say at least four of them have over a hundred thousand books. You know, like there and whatever. And you're just I mean, we went there to one half day, one full day, one half day, and we could have kept looking. You know, like it, it was it was, and we we did like nine to five kind of thing. Um, and it was <laughs> it's it good was, to have like a dad with you to do that, or like yeah. uh, some like some friend you've had for a long time who's like, okay, we both know each other's terrible secrets. Let's like yeah, let's exactly. Look at books well, for eight well hours. I mean, the problem with my dad is is not not a problem, but the the issue I guess is that his hearing is very bad to non-existent, mm. so he's very loud, and he also doesn't give a fuck. Um, so I went into one, the more expensive place, right? And he said, I hope you have your gun. This is a dear place. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> like dear meaning expensive or whatever. I was like, this is, this is a nightmare. The woman is right there. Like, you know, like, and then he said, like, then I said to him, what was I talking to him about? I was saying, I was saying something about, um, how, uh, I was talking about the program to kill conspiracy book not conspiracy parapolitics book which is kind of getting more popular on the internet which is about how um basically like every not everybody in government is a child abuse but it's about all these kind of like the franklin scandal and whatever and i uh, said sure, like sure, sure. i said loads of them aren't even paid <laughs> i was saying this to him really loudly in the shop and loads of them aren't even paid it's more like it's it's blackmail stuff you know and my dad, instead of saying, stop shouting about this, was like, yes, like the Profumo affair. And then we talked about the Profumo affair at ears, <laughs> like power violence volume in this tiny bookshop. And the week we went was the week after kind of what would be midterm break in, in Wales. So they were expecting nobody to be in the shop. And instead, oh. the loudest, most specific Irish chat show, which also sounds like one guy shouting at himself because maybe that of the same voice. So, so we, so I'm looking forward to going back because they're going to be like, you're barred, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, but, you uh, spent too much money to be barred. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, it's mad. Like, we did, we, in fairness, yeah, they're going to be like the high rollers are back, you know? Um, My grandmother, uh, when she was still sort of, um, uh, when she was still going uh, up there as much, uh, would I, she's gone to the same town in Maine for like uh, forty years, right. and uh, they have a bookstop bookstore there, used bookstore, which is like a library, and she loves mystery novels. So like um, the the used bookstore would know uh, she was coming, and she'd just ask them to box up a bunch of them, and so oh, she'd that's get the like dream. two or three crates of mystery novels, and be like heading right. into a bookshop and saying the usual, like that's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what you want, like yeah. Oh, they knew her. I mean, she, yeah. I mean, she, you know, they they bought a bench for my grandfather after he passed away out there. Like they're they're you know, oh, they're essentially part of it now. But yeah, you just go in and you're just like, I want a cardboard box filled with the stuff I like. Um, yeah, and that's going to be uh, you. 
Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I want I'm, another SF Ultra. I need to, I need, turns out I'm making money from this podcast. Um, I need to keep it going as long as possible. I'm, I'm tr- <laughs> vainly trying to, comp- tend to, you know, uh, convince people that Robert Heinlein never wrote a sci-fi novel or an SF novel. My apologies. It can also stand for speculative to fiction, of course, oh, SF. That's another reason they say it. And something like something fabulation. There's there's a lot of like dodgy <laughs> justifications for this, you know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, that's the dream, man. Being able to go to a bookshop and saying the usual. It reminds me, um, Tom Verlaine from television died, um, sadly recently. Yeah. And one of the things that kept coming up about him was he was king of the one dollar section in the strand like (laughs) and like so much so that you think like oh tom oh that means he went there you know every so often no whenever they put new one dollar books out at 9 a.m the guy from television was there looking through them like really intensely and like found loads of like rare poetry books and stuff there and would like boast about it. How cool is that? Like That's you know, the like, best that's the best way the strand can be experienced. I take people to the strand whenever I go to Manhattan with them. Like I have like yeah. three places. Because like most of the people I you know, it, it was more so when I lived there, but like in Brooklyn, but like now a lot of people I know don't know anyone who know anything about the city. So like if they want to go and visit, I'll be like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do it. It's been a while, but like I would have the same like three places. And the Strand's one of them because at its best, it's like this is like the coolest, weirdest place you could see people at. And like books are here and it's it's sweet. But like, yeah, yeah, Tom Verlaine showing up would be like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> is that's that it. Tom Verlaine? <laughs> yeah. And now when, when Lisa and I went, our honeymoon, we went to, to Brooklyn um, five years ago and um, we found the Strand a little bit expensive like, oh it's, and, it's and, pricey yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and not really what there's a there's a couple of really great there's a really really of course I can't remember the name now great bookstore in Bushwick um, it's called like Human Beings or something you know it has some kind of Bushwick title mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> I love that it kind of walked in and you know there was three kind of slightly battered um, first editions of the recognitions just fucking sitting there. Human Relations. It's called Human Relations. Yes. Really, really good bookstore. Um, yeah, The Strand is where you go if you want to show someone like an interesting place, but you don't think they necessarily want to buy books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, Although it's, I got it's, some it's, stuff there, but like, yeah. Yeah, you uh, could find some things, but by and large, like there's, you know, there's a million other little bookshops that, God, that's, it's, I miss living in a place with bookshops. This is. Yeah, I'm, yeah I mean, I have, I have a ritual walk I go through now, especially that I'm unemployed at the moment, where I I hit basically every secondhand bookshop to some extent in Dublin. Um, not every place that sells secondhand books, because every charity shop sells secondhand books. Sure, but right. I, I I have like, you know, like this kind of three hour ritual. If you're ever wondering why there's no George Simonon books in Dublin, I have them. They're in my house, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the address know, like, of which is uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> like like I have the 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 finest. Ki- Please do not kill me. Uh, but you know, you find like, and I really miss a uh, Trinity College. Um, you know the the kind of big college in 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 uh, Dublin. The, 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 sorry, let me let me put it the Sally Rooney one. 
Um, uh, <laughs> I did a talk there one time. But no, oh, I, really? Yeah, no, it was no. I did it at UC UC Dublin, not not. Trinity. Oh, all oh, right, uh, UCD was it? UCD? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. UCD UCD is more. I went to DCU, which is like kind of like more of a business and nursing school that happens of a journalism department. Um, but I did I did my masters in Trinity. Um, don't let that fool you. I, I, Lovely I'm, school. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Uh, but mm. I uh, <laughs> I I they have a book. They had a book sale once a year and it was amazing because it was like people's personal, like there's this um, something filming Bowman, there's this journalist who donated all of his personal books and I have loads of them like because he liked crime books. So wow. I have loads of like his book with it, with it, this is from the library. Like you really want, if you're like, it made me super jealous that a guy had a stamp that was like, this is from my personal library. I've never been more like, I need it more than that, you know. But like there was great books there. And then about 25% of the books were like um, uh, eugenics books from the 70s with amazing covers that like geometric yeah. covers that no one should buy. You know, those covers are always really good. And yeah. then you read them and you're like, I this is... Yeah, it's like quick twitch. What? Uh, yeah, like it, it's, it, it's it's always really alarming. But but the actual books looking back, but I mean, I I had um, I know exactly who it is, but I'm not going to say he's not famous or anything. I just know from, uh, from book circles. A guy fucking hit me. I've been attacked twice with books in Dublin, right? And a guy hit me in the small of my back with his giant cardboard box. He was trucking through there, and that really soured me. But post COVID, they've never had it. You know, mm. um, I should probably tell you the second time I was, I was attacked by books in Dublin. Um, I don't want to leave that as a tantalizing morsel. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of like sitting out there. I'm wondering. I am ninety percent sure, allegedly, the author John Banville hit me over the head. I, like I would say, carelessly more than accidentally, with a carrier bag full of books <laughs> at a gay at a gay pornography film in the Irish Film Institute. <laughs> Um, that was on in the middle of the... Well, it was a Derek Jarman film, but, like, it's porny as fuck, you know what I mean? It's Sebastian or whatever. Yeah, and sure. I was, like... And I was sitting there... I think... I think I was there with Lisa because I remember her saying, don't say anything. Maybe it was just her apparition appearing to me. She's still alive, but saying, like, don't say anything. <laughs> but I was, like, was that John fucking Banff? Because he was wearing a fucking stupid hat and stuff. So I don't know if it was him 100%. Let me say, John, if you're listening. Um, we can we can iron this out. I mean, we are of, really good friends. <laughs> we, we have we do actually have mutual people we know, but I can't. Um, I I I won't besmirch them by pursuing them, <laughs> John, through them. Meet me in the streets is what I'm saying. But I I do think <laughs> that um, he it does always make me laugh that people convinced him he had a Nobel Prize and he didn't like the cruelest prank call joke of all time so somebody mean. called John Vanville and said I'm from the no and he like rang his family and stuff you know and then someone had to be like no John no uh, you don't you don't have a Nobel Prize someone, um, someone pranked someone punked you John um, yeah it's like it turns out you've just been you've made a holy show yourself in front of everybody and you know it's, it's uh, the poor man you know like he's he's uh, but uh, but if that was him with the book bag we know, you know, the, I've, then I've he deserved long, it, and he deserves despite more. Despite your best efforts, I've got a long memory. It's <laughs> um, it's on site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's on site with JB. So, so you know, obviously, there's a little bit of tension there um, with bookshops and me, but uh, but yeah, no, I am. Um, 
I, uh, I I really, really, there's something about the second. I mean, if you saw my house, it just looks like a second-hand bookshop. You know, there's like floor-to-ceiling bookshelves in the two two rooms or whatever. Um, but it's I just, and, and what I will say is like important is I find, I had to admit to myself that it's almost entirely divorced from the act of reading, which is bad, mm. but it is true, you know. And there's, sure. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's like a German word for like, Dickhead Stein or something for people that just buy buy too many books, you know what I mean? But, well, that um, was I mean that was me for a really long time, and then essentially like we don't really have enough space to like yeah. have them in the house, so like I had to cut down a lot. It's like yeah. yeah, and and part of it was like Kristen would be like, you don't really read very much, and it's it's true that I have stopped that I've read quite a bit less since my PhD, and I I learned that apparently you can learn that you can. Apparently, there's a psychological theory that you can uh, ha- learn to hate what you like, which uh, doesn't seem true. Seems like a weird. That that can't be the case. No, that, that doesn't the, seem. Yeah. No, no way. No, no, um, no, no. But uh, but yeah, like I I don't read very much, and I was like, yeah, you know, I guess I just have these here because they make me feel good. And like, yeah, they're like talismans. You know, it's yeah, like my exactly. copy. It's like my copy of a thousand plateaus. Am I ever going to crack that open? Absolutely not. But uh, but it's there. You know, every time I need to be like, I can gesture towards it if people come over. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I still um, I still have the books. Like I have still all like the three volumes of Capital up above my computer. It's like yeah, yeah I can. There they are. There 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 are the big blocks of text well, up there. I did have a, a funny, again, with my dad, he, he was not, I don't think I would, I think he's like a libertarian. I can never pin him down on this stuff. <laughs> but he said something about books, about, he was talking about like a business course somebody was doing about company collaborate or collaborating in groups. And I just gestured to my Marxism shelf and I was like, they're the only textbooks you need, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, he he had a good laugh about that. Um, while That's my mom good. said, do you really need all those books? And I was like, no, obviously not. But come on. Um, you know, it's not I, about need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I uh, like the copy of Transgender Marxism, which I have read and gone. I am so stupid. How the fuck do these people, are they able to operate so far? How am I even able to like go to a shop? You know, that transgender like, Marxism. There's a, it's uh, a, it's a, it's a, yeah, they, they edited it. Yeah. They, they're, the, they're the two of them. Are the I'm editors, very interested in what's in here. Cause I'm sure I can guess some of the stuff that's in here and I'm yeah. guessing it's, uh, it's great though. It's pretty like, smart. Yeah, like Ella Rourke is 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 uh, specifically is a legend, and I have known her on the internet for a million years, kind of, you know, in the way you know people that you're, you know, kind of mutuals or whatever on Twitter. Um, but oh, uh, Zoe Blonsky, I think I know her. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, the, the super smart people. Yeah, this yeah. Is like, that's a that's a really good anthology. Yeah, exactly. And don't let the fact that I don't understand it stop you because I don't understand most things. Well, but, yeah, uh, but like again, I will say just uh, to 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 link it back, like you you. You have a false modesty to you. People who haven't listened to Sean's podcast, uh, not a false modesty. You, it's it's very true, but it's it is Catholicism, it is a, Trevor. It's called Catholicism. <laughs> um. <laughs> Did you? I thought of you when um, the Chicago Bears, a, uh, a, a American football team. Um, I said that for the audience. I know I'm you're familiar. a big fan. Uh, my wife has uh, a I Chicago you're, Bears you're a big uh, Bears T-shirt. Fan. I think. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, they, th- their colors are orange, and uh, as Chicago dies, the river green every year on St. Patrick's. Uh, they, um, <laughs> I know this. Yeah, yeah. They put a, <laughs> they put a picture out saying, "Ah, oh, that's better." It was dyed orange, and immediately had to bit of a. Uh oh. It's funny. That's one of the instances where I'm like. You know what? That's okay. You know, like I don't. As years gone past, I have cared less and less about. Like I feel, you know, the way like 
obvious homophobes, like pretty toxic homophobes that say about gay people where it's like, I don't care what you do, just keep it out of my face. That's how I feel about Irish Americans. It's like, do whatever you want. <laughs> Patty's day all you want. Patty, whatever. The, the corn, eat your weird corned beef that I've never seen in a fucking restaurant inside the Temple Bar. But like, just, just keep it away from me, you know? But I think in that case, I'm like, <laughs> the guy, the people on the board of that don't have to, didn't have to go to an Irish culture sensitivity court. You know, like it's, it's yeah. funny, but like, I mean, it's like the guy who, um, tried to have a t-shirt that said blue lives matter oh but yeah like an auto translated it so it wasn't even the correct grammar but Deanie Gurm is also like the Irish word for uh, black people so it literally just said like black lives matter <laughs> but he didn't he didn't know because he fucking auto translated you know um, that's very funny that's funny but like I don't you know I'm not mad it's fine you know what, whatever like I it's yeah, more just keep it, it away from me it's more like, when they're here I don't here. want my kids learning about it yeah exactly I don't want my kids seeing that I don't want my kid being you know like I lost my leg how am leg. I supposed that, to explain an Irish American to my kid yeah I don't want to see my children going up to Boston uh, but yeah like I I <laughs> Uh, it's it's um, but it's yeah it's it's uh it's 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 fine really as long as they're not wearing a, a felt Guinness hat and walking towards me directly I think you know where this newfound magnanimity has come from I don't work in the middle of Dublin City anymore and I used to work almost dead cent like well the mm -hmm. middle of the south side where where um, Grafton Street is you know mm -hmm. so I would yep. constantly be approached like a Disney World employee <laughs> and ask questions oh, and God. Like, fuck off um, so I've, I think I've, I've mellowed quite a well, bit well yeah I uh, mean exposure to that on a daily basis is uh, it sounds like a nightmare yeah but I, but I mean look we get our revenge we go over there and we don't tip and then it causes the worst internet discourse of all times so, that's right yeah let's just like I, I i will say this is this is my contribution and i'm saying it in the middle of a podcast so as few as people hear it as possible yeah um although probably more people listen to the podcast than see my individual tweets so maybe this isn't a good idea um but the 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 thing i learned about tipping is having kids has made me a uniformly excellent tipper because immediately yeah. i'm like I can't believe they had to put up with this. I'm so sorry for this. <laughs> Even if my kids yeah. are like perfect angels, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, Look at I, these I, kids. They're barely eating anything. There's ketchup on, you know, whatever plate. Oh, no, they dropped a crayon. I'm going to well, give this person $30. <laughs> well, what's funny is like um, Lisa and I um, just, you know, look up what's appropriate and always tip slightly more yeah it's that's not, that's it's all you a, really do yeah. a, you know it's double income no kids like it means we can we can take little you know stuff like that i understand people who are different but especially what puts a, the thing on my sh chip on my shoulder is my mom it, for years insisted on not tipping at all even even on a holiday in america and i was like they fucking live all that she was like that's not my fault i think that's how i became a socialist mm. um but, there's uh, a lot of americans who think that too i i was like the one successful shaming tactic i ever had with my in-laws was uh getting them Oh, well, first getting my wife because she, you know, she, she was brought up in that. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, even when we were dating, I'm like, it's 20 percent and up here, even if they do a bad job. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like uh, my in-laws will now like be embarrassed enough to tip well when we're with them. And like, that's that's a win that's good. Me. I mean, yeah. look, like I'm a guy who thinks there should be a maximum wage, of course, like I tip probably, you know, like it's, yeah, it, that, yeah, it should right. just be a condition. <laughs> but but like, you know, what's funny for me is because, you know. Lisa and I are very obviously, you know, European. It's our sophistication that comes across. But when we were in <laughs> Brooklyn, 
we were like one step above somebody calling on the, you know, on the tannoy at, at like McDonald's. Can I have two burgers? It's for a cop. Like, you know, it was that <laughs> level of people being like, oh, here they come. But, and then we tip and they'd be, re- they'd try to fit in all the niceness, like right at the end, they'd be like, oh, thank God you actually know it. And it's like, it's it's fine. But we were just greeted as like, oh, great. Here's a black hole in my uh, schedule, which I totally understand, you know, um, well, the, the right. thing where the person was like, uh, I, I think the, my, the funniest thing I saw was when like uh, when people were like, yeah, we stayed and we chatted for three hours and they seemed really mad we didn't tip. And then someone was like, well, Americans wouldn't know anything about chatting with people, of course. <laughs> and someone was like, yeah, that's the stereotype about Americans that we're very quiet. Reserved. Famously taciturn people, you know, like <laughs> yeah, just, just, just like looking the, down at the table and yeah, not saying anything. Just never right. saying anything, especially nothing uh, unconsidered or loud. Um, well, well, the only people I would imagine not saying anything are the people like that that tip with, you know, those things that look like $5, but actually like they're a chick tract or something, <laughs> you know, like that. Like those are the people I would imagine that behavior from those people. But yeah, it's yeah, like the yeah. yeah the classic thing where it's like the 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 person says I put five singles on the table and I take one away every time there's bad service. It's like you're yeah, crazy. That, it's like, like you're, this is actually your saw. What's happening with you is you're the jigsaw murderer from the saw film. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny. My favorite pep because the service is very different. Obviously dictated by this culture and like obviously we tip here too. But but it's slightly different because you know they they they're they're you know it's not as performative here or whatever, mm-hmm, and yeah. I think it gets interpreted as rudeness. But it's a huge relief, you know. But the people are really nice. It's just not as as in your face. But my favorite encounter with like peppy uh, American uh, North American service is we went, <laughs> we went to Canada with my grandmother for my cousin's birthday. And uh, we were in a burger restaurant and a guy came up and was like, you know, the usual old stuff, you know, I'll be your server today and stuff. But my grandmother was, <laughs> she was, she was grandmother age, but yeah. it wasn't like she was cognitive. She hadn't, you know, she eventually, you know, had a stroke and was sad or whatever, but, but it was, you know, dementia, uh, you know, but she wasn't cognitively declining at all at this stage. Mm-hmm. But because she has like a you know, newly unearthed gramophone recording of Winston Churchill English accent that is like really guttural and stuff. She <laughs> said even something. Has the crackling to, in the background. When she yeah, talks. exactly. She said something to the guy. Like a, she basically talks like a wax cylinder. She did talk like a wax cylinder. Even though she lived in Ireland for 60 years, she still had like a comedy English accent. Um, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hater, basically. Um, but uh, But she said something to the guy and the guy looked at her like, just as if he just looked at her, he made, he did the calculation of being like, well, she's not paying and this woman might be crazy. So just turned to my uncle and said, what does she, what would she like? I'm like, <laughs> I was so fucking pissed off. She didn't say anything, but it was like such outrage because she's still, she's of the generation. Like she was in Bletchley Park in World War II, like I always say or whatever. So she's kind of instilling the mind where you could walk through an airport holding a Brit- British passport and the seas would part before you you know like sure, this is the most right. powerful object in the world and um so to see her reduced by todd from the burger castle into a non-verbal object was uh, considering how deeply she d- drove her elbow into my ribs for the entire flight i felt very vindicated so. i mean yeah there, there's something there's something kind of uh yeah there's something there's something kind of wonderful about that and and depressing about it and 
God, I, I really. I mean, this is a woman. I like imagining it. Yeah, this is a woman who tried out for the Samaritans, you know, the, the kind of charity suicide hotline, <laughs> and was told that she just didn't have the manner. <laughs> you don't to have talk to, fakes, lady. to talk to suicidal people. She just. It would be best if she wasn't involved with people on the on the edge. I really know? appreciate so, you trying, but uh, yeah. we, we're gonna we're gonna have to have someone else do this. One one of the yeah one of the greatest indications of character I've ever heard. She was like. <laughs> Oh yeah, they didn't want me there, and I was like, "It sounds like they're not in the wrong, you know, like just." But um, maybe yeah, but a great maybe, maybe they were all accounts. Something, <laughs> yeah, a great a great woman by all accounts, just not like didn't put um suffering fools brackets that that's everybody close brackets <laughs> gladly, you know. I feel like if you if you aren't um saying that about your 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 grandmother on some level, they were not as great a person as, as you. Like, you have to be able to say, yeah, she was great. She also was, like, extremely crazy in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was just, she was just like, oh, man, she was just, uh, just, just the hater is the only words mm-hmm. I can describe. You know, she really just, just couldn't. Like, she's given out about Ireland as if she, she had arrived from colonial Britain. You know, not like, <laughs> like, as if it was like 1850, you know, and it's like, you've lived here for 60 years, you know, and like, just no, just absolutely high, Absol- absolutely high, not, yeah. high indecipherable standards, you know. But, um, <laughs> um, one of the things, so one of the things I will say about, um, I'm only making these hard, hard cuts because I want to also make people listen to your podcast. Hard cut all like, you want, my man. Well, you know, I just, you know, I like, I've got ADHD. Like. As far as I'm concerned, this is one flowing conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it is essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, but the, you know, one of the things I, I think is, is cool about, about your podcast and like, this is really goes for all of your podcasts, but in case people haven't listened in the past, um, is that you have a you have this kind of um, it's it's very honest, which is why I say it's not false modesty, but it's this it's this ability to be like, listen, like I don't really know what I'm saying here, um, but then also you're able then to produce some of the best insights like right afterwards, um, which oh, is cool. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, this was what I this was what I was thinking with the um, with the Heidegger thing, where like. You were like, oh, I know shit about this, but here's what I think it is. And like, you nailed it. And what's really, what's <laughs> absolutely perfect. Like, I, you know, get, get this, get this into a philosophy classroom so people know what they're talking about. But like, the, the reason that's so cool to me personally is because one of the problems with like, and I, I tried to do my own thing with it when I was, you know, doing literary criticism, but you know, it's, yeah. it's literary criticism is not. Um, read very often and the reason for that is because it's like incredibly difficult to read and like annoyingly complex and to to sort of approach genre and the problems of genre is like a really interesting really difficult problem as we you know you can see when you like you know just like look up you know YA fiction on any very <laughs> any yeah, platform and, and, and anywhere like, what, what I think with YA fiction is there has been there have been but there have been I still think too little are too few attempts to understand how that whole thing happened. Mm. You know, like I still haven't seen, now bear in mind, 
I would want to see this information as a YouTube video by somebody who I would normally not even, you know, cross the street to talk to. But I still, you know, I haven't seen like, because it's just fascinating to me. Like even even the outlaw bookseller, you know, who I am kind of sad I have revealed who he is, but I think he deserves a little bit more shine, even though he's very crotchety. And sometimes he says stuff about sensitivity readers and I'm like, slow down, buddy. Uh, but, uh, Ooh, too much dip so, in your chip. So glad, so glad he, he designed Dane not to talk about the Roald Dahl stuff. Anyway, um, he he is approaching it from a commercial aspect, partially because he's worked in bookshops, you know, or, or mail order stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he is somewhat mysterious about his background sometimes, then other times he literally tell you the names of the companies. But <laughs> very funny kind of small YouTuber stuff. God love him. Oh, you know, not in a, not in a mean way, but just, you know, um, I'm the same. But uh, but he, uh, he was talking about it in a financial, and like, it's really striking when he talks about it, where he's like 19 of the top 20 science fiction and fantasy books that sold by by sales in Britain last year were fantasy books in a mm. series. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know it was that, in, you know, profound. And he said, like, TikTok is great. It drives a lot of sales, but it's all to these multi-series fantasy books. One-off he, again, the, the terminology thing he's way too into. So you don't call them one-offs or you don't call... You, they're singletons. They're not called standalones. They're singletons. Singletons. Uh, yeah. This is, again, you know, call a book a tw- quadrilogy. He won't talk to you. That's a tetralogy. Come on, keep up. Um, <laughs> do you think the flaps in a, in a book's cover are called French flaps? You're wrong and you're dumb. Like, that's that, that aside happens in, like, very sincerely every video. That's unbelievable. I, 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 it's not... I, I'm going to say it's unbelievable but not because like I'm like mad at him. I'm, it's no. unbelievable because like it's so impressive someone can like think that and like be that serious about it. I'm like I'm I'm well, honestly to, a little to in me awe. when he says that stuff. Yeah, when he says that stuff, it's like um you know the the horror film from beyond mm-hmm. where like based on the Lovecraft thing where the guy invents a machine that reveals there is a universe on top of ours full of monsters. It's like that where I'm like, this guy must be mad all the time because he keeps hearing people saying, oh, I love the standalone fantasy, you know, like, or I hate standalone, I love... And he's just like, no, it's singletons, and you know, like he's raging. Um, and he hates, uh, it's very funny, he doesn't like hate our... Uh, Lord of the Rings as much as Michael Moorcock. That's how 60s and 70s he is, you know? Um, and uh, the thing about OB, Outlaw Bookseller, I will say, the last thing I'll say about him, he has, and it's 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 difficult to impart him, immaculate taste. Like, mm, I only mm. know, I can only really judge from the crime fiction he likes, but he has genuinely, he hasn't talked about a lot of crime fiction, literally perfect taste in crime fiction he talked he talked about like dead lions that that tv series the mick heron books and he explained that he was actually one of the early champions of mick heron which obviously tooting his own horn a little bit you know but talked about richard stark as you might expect from me saying he's perfect taste i I would be surprised if he didn't Exactly. But uh, talked about George V. Higgins, talked about all... I mean, by perfect taste, I mean, he likes the guys I like, let's be honest. But he also talked about this... What is it called? This surf noir book from the 80s, right? Which I really... If I was going to recommend one thing to people, it wouldn't even be... um, uh, my podcast or anything it would be if you come away with this with one thing there's this book called tapping the source um that was heavily let's say 
uh, homaged uh, in Point Break. But there's a book called Tapping the Source by Kem Nunn came out in, uh, in I think, the 80s. And it is like, it's you think surf noir, oh, this is going to be kind of pulpy and fun. And you get like, is the writing really as good as I think it is in this? It's amazing, <laughs> the writing in it. It's more like a, almost like a Harry Cruz book or something. Wow. And it's like this, sir, and he did a whole video on it. And like I said to someone, oh, I liked it. And someone was like, you know, the book, Outlaw Bookseller has already done, you know, um, me and the other guy who talk, I talked to him about. Him. But um, <laughs> but like, again, not a, not, a, not a guy without sin or without problems, but I think, and and definitely um, quite frustrated by the lack of engagement with his videos a little bit. Like he gets a thousand, two thousand views now, but I think can, can I really, you know, I, part of me empathizes a little bit where he sees people that don't really haven't got the history of the genre in mind at all. Sure, getting hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah, you know, and that, that that tends to frustrate the like the 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 really serious people. And I, I get it. Like that, that's, I, it's I get it too. But I, it's to do with how YouTube works. It's not mm-hmm. like you know. It's not designed for specialists. It's designed for, as I said, like people you wouldn't trust to you know people you wouldn't trust a PS2 game with to like talk to you for an hour and a half about a subject or if they're a leftist to talk to you for an hour and a half with absolutely painful theatrical and skit interludes um you know about something the, the, um, the worst the worst impulses of the Wu-Tang clan on display yeah, well, not I was going to say theater kids but uh, the 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 unholy missing link between rap skits and theater kids um is, is like I don't know what, like, with effort put into them. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, oh, guys. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, just, um, it's not how, not what YouTube is designed for really, but even seeing the collect, like seeing the collections and stuff, it really, it's what prompted me to look into, cause I can't resist specialist, um, accessible specialist in, when I stumble across it. Mm. You know, I can't resist a wormhole of like suddenly, suddenly I'm knee deep in competitive eater YouTube drama, you know, and like, <laughs> and, and, and I don't know, and unfor- like, I don't know, maybe unfortunately, maybe not. I've already had some person be like, I thought Perfect Taste Forever would just be about films or something. But YouTube drama, I love talking about it, unfortunately, and like weird YouTube rabbit holes. But that's what um, Patreon's like, for. Like it's it's for doing yeah. it's for engaging with, if not your worst impulses, because that's a little it's a little judgy. Um, yeah. uh, your your impulses that maybe don't have a good place elsewhere. But um, I think like when I did Calling All Units, which I know was a victim of its own name and stuff, and and difficult to, to promote. But when I talked about Logan Paul, I think like for a lot of people. And I, this is not toot my own horn. This is, you know, a lot of wasted time meant this was the case. But I was like the only person that was like identifiably an adult that had all of the context for Logan Paul <laughs> looking at a dead body in the suicide forest, you know. Um, and, and, it, and it is funny to kind of be in that position where it's like, well, even like now where they have the energy drinks and knowing all the stuff about that or whatever, mm-hmm. there's just a big gulf being able to make that accessible is something I always try to do because it's so, so interesting, some of the stuff that's happening on, you know, on YouTube in, in a kind of an anthropological way, if not by actual design. Well, and like, it's, it's it's interesting that way too because like you're you're approaching it, I don't know, like there, you know, the guy who who was initially famous for doing barstool sports and then, st- and then sold it just like a, 
the worst person in the world. Dave uh, the Rave Part Night. Yeah. 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 He is, does. Yeah. He now does a, a TikTok drama show, um, which which maybe. Really? You, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, that's 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 that gives me the willies now. I have to say that because I my thing with Dave Portnoy is um, like like somebody apologizing for liking a black metal band where it turned out one guy was a Nazi or whatever. I'm like, I know Dave Portnoy is repulsive, but I don't think there are very few things on the Internet that are as good of a structure as the one bite pizza review where he stands outside the place and bites a pizza, is heckled by people walking past, um, says what he likes about it. It's so simple, but I've seen people try to rip it off and fail completely. He, yeah, he really know? did come up with something there. Like, yeah, and he, he's done hundreds of them. You, you got to give him his due there. Like, I, I think I think his sports writing is appalling. His oh, everything else about him yeah. is absolutely repellent. You yeah, know? like from a, from um, both a from both a like moral and from a quality standpoint, it's just garbage. But you're right. Yeah. The one by pizza review is such a good idea. It's like talking about Celine, you know, you have to like, you have to say, not a good guy, not good choices, horrible person, did material harm. But that format, like the one where the guys, the guy throws him out and instead of any hesitation whatsoever, the guy says, can you, can, do you have permission to film on my porch? I'm going to need you to go outside. And Dave Portnoy says, Zero, like as a response to him, and hands him the pizza box. And as he's walking away, he says, "Get rid of this trash for me." And as he's walking away, a guy shouts, "Do you know who you just did that to?" And you can, you can, you can see the the guy getting fired. You know, like almost. You can, you can, you can imagine the. Which again is terrible. Being nice to an asshole should not be your job, even though service industry definitionally that's what it is. But um. It's like just as a yeah, yeah, just as a format, like it's it's pretty. Just as a it's something where it's like so clean, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's what I'm thinking about with with Perfect Taste Forever. It's like you don't have to know anything to listen to an episode of it, you know. Yeah, and and, uh, which you would think that's the one I'd make accessible, but I know everybody wants that, so I put it behind the paywall, very very cruelly. Very well. um, I don't think you need to know. Like I would say, like. Oh, but but what I was gonna say about the about the TikTok thing is your your version of it actually is like interesting because you have a take. Dave Portnoy says he talks to two like nineteen year olds and like they describe what's happening with the drama. Um, Yeah, and it is something you can just just the kind of conversations where you're like, this will eventually be a court transcript. Yeah, right. Like, or like you know, you're just like this is this is what my kids will be hearing when like I'm I'm disassociating and losing my like you know like yeah exactly. Once you heard about about the the... hot man, they're gonna start thinking about you know Dave Portnoy talking to okay okay grandpa okay it's it's cool water bottle influencers who are all racist for some reason or something like that. He's not having a good day. Um, yeah, like the the (laughs) I I think like um. SF Ultra is also quite accessible. And, like, I think, again, like, just to kind of double back on what I've been saying or attempting to say this whole time, is, like, the the fact that you're able to take these conversations that either are so rarefied as to be, like, accessible to PhD students and PhD students only or so uh, trivialized as to be, like, essentially stand culture, but with people who uh, read books. So intensely worse. Um, like you're, you're, you're kind of approaching it um, in, in a way that kind of like keeps the complexity, but also doesn't like gatekeep in the way that gatekeeping means, uh, you know, you have to have read, 
you know, X amount of books before uh, you you can you can enter this ride. Yeah, um, I just don't believe in that at all. Yeah, you know? and one, like, it comes through. Like you're you're just talking yeah. about it in a very honest way, and like I think the fact that you're coming at it not as like a uh, a fan to begin with, but as someone kind of you know identifying as a new reader. Uh, that really uh, that really helps with that, and also I don't know. I, I think you know just as a as a as a fan of your work in general, I think you have a tendency to to provide that kind of like accessibility and and ease of ease of access. That um, I don't know. Like I I I, I like certain sci fi podcasts. I think um, I think uh, you know I've I've been on Podside Picnic a number of times. I think they do a yeah. great job. They're good people. Um, and like I would never say that they're not accessible, but it is, you know, it is not common to see that, especially in a field where um, obscurantism and like being the big dog it gets you gets you clicks. Yeah, well, I, well, unfortunately, it doesn't for the outlaw bookseller because again, I I, I think <laughs> well, he's great. He's really he's really uh, obscurantist. He's not he's he not li- fake obscurantist. Literally, yeah, lists his bona fides at the start of every video. What a and it's like, I have been doing this for 40 years. I know more than you. And it's the Harlan Ellison thing where it's that you're entitled to opinion, but it's your informed opinion. And when he ever says, when he quotes that, I'm like, have you ever heard anything else Harlan Ellison has said? Because he's, <laughs> again, not the guy I would rush to for. But I mean, I don't think, you know, it helps. Like, I, I have to be honest with people. If I don't know something, I'll say I don't know it. You know, like, and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll think it out in real time. Like, and, and again, I don't think there's anything particularly like not special about what I do you know what I mean but I don't think it's particularly it's just how I have always understood stuff you know but it's, a, it's um, but a, it, you have a specific way of understanding things I think like yeah and like that's not that let, and let me be totally frank it's 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 not something if if someone said that about me I'd say like no you're wrong you just have it like you don't know how stupid I am um yeah. and I that's get how that I feel, yeah, I, I, yeah I totally get that and I, I I I think that's completely reasonable to feel that way but it from a from a uh, a non uh, you know in your own brain uh, yeah. observer, <laughs> uh, you do have like a very unique way of approaching these things and a way of making them clear. Even though you're talking about God, like the most like some of the some of the hardest stuff. Like you, I mean, you sold me on 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 Dennis Cooper. Uh, that, that's I'm really proud of anybody who's like you made me read Dennis Cooper because I'm like that's that we're basically in some countries we're complicit in a crime now you know <laughs> like that's how that's how obscene Dennis Cooper's work is you know but like um, just the way you introduced it like it, I I could see a million like queer theorists from the 70s introducing me to that book in ways I'd be like okay yeah like just like you know great sounds sounds like a lot of fun whatever like i'll just i'll just keep reading the the you know violent uh transgressive stuff i've already read but like yeah. somehow you're you know with with your analysis and stuff you're able to sort of make it clear why it's different without without even putting down the other stuff without even putting down and saying no like, and, and i and i and i read that stuff as well you know when i can but, mm-hmm. I, but um like like with with the sluts, I know I've said this before on the show, such but like good, there's there still book. hasn't been a better book about posting, you know. Like I mean, I like Meg Detropolis, and I like um, that guy. Um, B, what's his name? B R Jaeger, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, he he Metropolis. It's not the big one. He wrote. Um, sorry, I'm 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 going off mic now because I have it here. Yeah, B R Jaeger. Um, he wrote Negative Space, which is is oh, kind of okay. this. Yeah, is this big. Um, 
almost sensation. It has so many reviews on Amazon, so I think that's great, um, especially for the publisher, um, Apocalypse, <laughs> Apocalypse Party and stuff. Um, no, no, that's not me being mean. Oh, I, I, thought you, I thought you were being arch. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Apocalypse Party are great and they publish lots of cool stuff. No, Jesus, Trevor. I'm not like, I'm not the hater all the time. Well, but, no, but um, it, it was a very good arch comment. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but, it, but I mean, you know, it, it is... It is a small publisher that suddenly have this big hit. And I always think, you know, I'm sure you have the same thing where it's like the offspring, not great music, paid for a lot of great music by being the biggest selling independent record of all time. Yeah, just made Nitro Records a thing, which made a million bands able to put out their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, And I mean, the thing about B.R. Yeager, fortunately, his writing is good, but his writing is why, you know, um, Apocalypse Party were able to put out Annex, I think is how you pronounce it, by Blake Butler, Mm. which is, if you want... Like a, I'm. I was thinking of doing it for SF Ultra, but it is perhaps the least accessible book I have ever <laughs> attempted to read. It's supposed to be written like machine code for how reality for how a brain works, like and hmm. and the act of typing it was part of was a kind of almost a performance. And I like like Blake Butler has written Alice Knott is an absolutely fantastic book. I'm about a series of art thefts that happen a, a woman gets is, is like a victim very rich woman who's inherited her money gets uh, her her art gets stolen and then there's the uh, footage emerges of people burning it in front of an audience and then suddenly art starts being defaced all over the world like a contagion fantastic book right very ex- I thought quite accessible it was also kind of about memory and, and stuff but yeah. I mean a- Annex is just abs- I mean it's like the final boss of books like you know he and he wrote it because he read a book about <laughs> well he read a book about Ulysses and it was like talking about how this book was like dangerous and difficult and stuff and he was like I need to write a book like that, you know, and 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 I think again, I'm, and the difference being that B.R. Yeager's book is good, but you know, like they have books like Bonding by Maggie Siebert is is one of the best anthologies for. Oh. but but um, but Amygdatropolis anyway is 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 a good book about posting, but the slots is still the book about posting. You know? I've seen people talked about like pattern recognition as like ah, oh, that's message board culture. That's like that's you know that's that's uh, William Gibson nailed it there. And it's like, you just got to read The Sluts. Like, The Sluts yeah. is so much. Do, do you know how sad I was to find out that wasn't a science fiction book? Because it's the one William Gibson book I own and, and I haven't read it. And I was like, you mean I have to buy another fucking... Uh, I can... Um, yeah. If you, I would I would say I'd send you Neuromancer, but I, I expect it would cost more in the post. Yeah, I think that would be cataclysmically inefficient. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure we have Neuromancer over here. Um, but <laughs> you yeah. never know. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I, I pattern recommend. I'm just I was I went looking, and one person said it was science fiction, and I was like, "Well, this is the thing." Sorry, way back at mm. the start of the, at the start of the podcast, I was explaining that like. You know, I, oh, I, I did explain that. Sorry, I thought I didn't finish sentence or the idea that that the counting something as science fiction or not is to quell my impulse to take literary fiction and try to say it's science fiction. Now, the 
OB, the Outlaw Bookseller, is... I call him OB, he doesn't call himself the Outlaw Bookseller. <laughs> or the, the, the OB. Of course he doesn't, himself. no. I mean, why but, would, uh, yeah. but, but he is talks about how a lot of lit, literary fiction is actually science fiction. That's one of his kind of bugbears in recent years. And he's right, you know, stuff like David Mitchell or whatever um, is sold a certain way, but is actually... you know The, the, the Laureade, I thought, was going to be an example of that. And some people think it is still. Um, but by some of the definitions of science fiction I found it, I'm not... I, I didn't really think it was. But I, I think, you know, like the pattern recognition, I looked so hard. Apparently there is a couple of elements in it, but no, not enough, you know. And I really, really. It's more of a thriller. Like, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because I've read the first maybe 50 pages of it and I loved it. Oh, it's like, great. This it's is, a great novel. This I is mean. the book, like, you know, like anything about like spooky movies, you know, like it's like really good. Uh, but I think, yeah, posting, it's just the sluts, you know, like uh, the, yeah. that joke in the sluts where things are getting really intense and the guy with the Aaron Carter web ring just bundle, blunders into the conversation and tries to get people to join it again is one of the funniest things I've ever read in a book, you know? I um, yeah, like uh, the, the, the conclusion where the, like where the basically it's like a conflation of what actually happened and then what some guy on the internet said happened in like a yeah. much more fantastic it's like god this is just like you know uh, yeah it's hard to sell because it's like uh extremely violent eroticism slash violence uh told via like three unreliable narrators but boy, it gets it right. Like it just, but it, it just, just there's still like, like a million of those, like I was talking about the back rooms or whatever, all of those unfiction, uh, I think they're called, I don't think they can get a really good name for this yet. I think unfiction, is, I might be using incorrectly now. Oh, they're not going but, with creepypasta? That's weird. But, uh, no, no, creepypasta is <laughs> a different thing. Like creepypasta is just the, the, the stories. Whereas oh, these are like video projects, oh, you know. Oh, sorry, and sorry, I think, sorry. I think, no, 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 it's, it's, I, listen, I might be totally wrong. But I think unfiction specifically are the ones where the audience is supposed to participate. You okay. know, like that's that's a thing. Um, uh, and I, uh, fictional stories that present to be real. There you are. I'm ARGs. glad they're. I'm glad they're coming up with something there because I've seen that called AR too often. That like, or like, yeah. oh, it's like an ARG. It's like it's not really like it's not really like it's not going to be that one where a guy faxes you at work and being like you're a murderer, like that famous <laughs> one in the '90s or whatever. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, like I think no, but these are kind of. I mean, obviously, Marble Hornets is kind of the gold standard. It's still, you know, uh, like, it I, is, the, like what if. One of my greatest honors was to be able to DM one of the Marble Hornets guys and be like, I loved your work. Yeah, yeah. I think that, 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 yeah, it's just like, it's so good. But, but, uh, and, and terrifying as well. But oh, these it's unfiction, very scary. Yeah. Yeah. These unfiction things are always trying to capture the internet and how people interact and even involving people they the, the artificiality of how they do it they still can't get like there's this right there's this one that i i like even though it's so obviously cheesy called uh lake city quiet pills do you know about this? oh yeah i do know lake city quiet pills yeah yeah, 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 lake yeah, city yeah. quiet pills and it's like of course people, you like that it's because like lake city quiet pills is like the <laughs> ultimate crime kind of it's, it's like right yeah out of, uh, and, and even the, even the name is so cool to me an idiot you know but but that's like, where they it's make where, bullets it's, it's where they make bullets and i'm like yeah like but, I mean, i'm making the, fun but i also really it, like like no no it is it's silly but like like them talking back and forth in like the um the html code of a website or whatever you know it's all of this idea of trying to get get the rhythm of posting across but the way stuff gets 
exaggerated and made up is in the sluts is still absolutely unparalleled by any any. I can't believe I'm talking about Dennis Cooper again on your podcast. No, Sorry it's important. For People it. need to read but, more Dennis Cooper. Um, someone, someone at work wanted to start a, a transgress. Is I guess we're still doing it. Like all really like smart and fun people. So like it, yeah, yeah of course. Know, but like I, I'm not. I, I I'm gonna say this because like it'll sound like I'm making fun of them otherwise. But like I, I they were all like, yeah, we can read this. We can read this. I was like. I know some stuff that's kind of transgressive. Oh, no. Like, no, I want to no, feel no, this. I got to feel this group out first. <laughs> that's like when I'm when I was talking about horror films and work, and I talk about like, you know, ones I don't actually like. You know, like I, I I talk about like, oh, or no, I'll tell people. Usually, what I go with is I actually like the Rob Zombie ones. That's usually enough to get people to go. This guy's crazy. You know, um, you because it's true. Ruined, you've ruined me for for discourse because now I'm like. The Rob Zombie Halloweens are are like, you know, they're the only it, ones that really make sense other than the the Carpenter ones because okay, you've yeah, convinced yeah. me. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> a, that's a real shame because uh, people get real mad. But I think for something like Transgr, I would just be like, oh, let's read An Evening Redness in the West. You know, like the, let's let's read, you know, Blood Meridian or something. We've got to read The Sluts at some point. I don't know, man. I think it's so like, like it just I. It's probably it's one not, of these but. one of these things where I got Dennis Cooper's. They did a special release of the scrapbook he kept in the early eighties, and it's 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 like homoerotic and like gay porn and serial killer stuff on top sure. of each other and stuff. And it's one of those things where seeing it in another format, I was suddenly. Uh, re-experiencing how transgressive it was. You I was going to say that doesn't sound like anything you'd like, though. So I don't know. No, <laughs> but it, but it's but it's it was kind of looking at. It, I was like, oh, that's right. This guy is like so. And you know, this is like people talk about story of the eye, and it you know, it, like Dennis Cooper makes it kind of laughable. And I don't like him because he's intent. You know, it's part of it, obviously. But I'm not look. I'm not somebody being like this is the most. I will say. There's a book channel that started with the most disturbing books of all time. Um, this guy called Plague by Visions. And it was it's one of the more impressive things I've seen somebody do with the channel. That he turned getting attention for like a listicle thing mm-hmm. and getting the audience involved in it. And he made an entire he 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 crafted, I would say, an aesthetic out of that to where he was doing hour and a half video essays about Peter Soto's books wow. and stuff. But he established a community with this listicle thing and um and then soliciting people to get to get responses. And I think it's one of the more impressive things ways I've seen somebody deal with unexpected YouTube success, you mm, know? Mm-hmm. Um and and so it is but I do think the transgressiveness is definitely part of it for me. But just the writing is so good, the way fiction works, the way it's just I don't know. I, I'm always excited about Dennis Cooper. There's a great book about him called Wrong. Mm. Um that, that really goes like it's slightly I would say maybe slightly too academic for its own good. Um, but uh, not sense. not really, not really. It's more, it, it kind of is. It's very, but it's it's um, yeah, wrong. A critical biography um, by uh, Dermot Hester. It's really good. It's it's re- it's re- now it's fucking expensive. Jesus, oh, sorry, I've just seen how expensive. How expensive <laughs> is it? <laughs> Thirty-seven euro in paperback. Well, anyway, like I, yeah, I think the thing about the thing about Cooper is um, how like how. Uh, 
well he how well he does like his actual work and like how good of a writer he is like i i love i loved reading like his interactions with with um he sort of had like a couple of interactions with acker or like acker yeah. you know experienced his work and like i'm a great admirer of kathy acker so like just seeing the two of them talk and like having someone kind of understand her work in a way that i kind of feel like a lot of people don't give it enough time for and then seeing someone you know do something so interesting it's like god this is this is great i think like you know like there's there's something to to draw back because i've 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 kept you i've kept you long enough um uh uh, like i i think like one of the things that that you said about cooper and that like the transgressiveness is is part of it but not part of it right like it's a big part of it but it's not the whole deal like in the same way you know you when you when you write uh, when you do your, your your podcast, especially as a vulture right now, like it's it's like approaching the genre as a sort of like project is part of it, but it's not the whole thing because you're not you're not coming out with a list. You're not coming out with like, you know, here are the hundred books you need to read before you die or whatever. It really is like an interrogation of the genre and like a question of like, OK, so like what is this thing coming from like the yeah. purest possible and when I say pure as possible, I mean I, I do mean like I don't see anyone else doing it more purely, but also you also understand that there are certain suppositions you bring into it as well. And I think like yeah, yeah, it's it's therefore to me like interesting to hear as someone who is a fan of sci-fi or who is not a fan of sci-fi, which is like rare in book. SF stuff. Trevor, SF don't say oh, sci-fi. <laughs> I, I want to get I want to get the book. <laughs> Got to get the outlaw bookseller on my case. Somewhere in Bath, a red light is flashing ah! right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, goddamn kids. Um, well, it's interesting because I. It's interesting. I always say that as a filler word. Sorry, no, me but too. As um, <laughs> on Live at the Death Factory with Astrid, um, which is, I think, still like probably the most popular podcast I've done. Um, that and Self Pity with Alex Deegan were two ones I, I did, former guest, Lovely future podcast. guest, I Lovely assume. Podcast. Al Deegan, um, he hates when I call him out. Anyway, but uh, uh, those are my kind of experiments recently working with other people. And with Astrid specifically doing Live at the Death Factory, um, we were defining a genre, right? Scum cinema. Mm-hmm. And she had the best point. I still think the best point, the whole thing. And we only really did this maybe once or twice was she said, if we're doing this kind of loosely defining a genre thing, we can't just do good films. And like that, again, yep. like she, there's a reason I, I love her criticism so much. I, I respect her so much as a critic. I'm like, that is perfectly correct. Mm-hmm. That's like, so, so we did Megan is Missing and we talked about possibly the worst horror film of the last 25 years for like two and a half hours. It's not fair because like you shouldn't be defined by this. So I'll say like, go listen to the, the Red Lips podcast as well from that series. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. the Megan is Missing podcast is remarkable. Like, yeah, it seems to be the one people, because there's so many stuff, but talking about people not exploring YA and stuff and not, like, that that getting big on TikTok or big on whatever the new social network is every few years among, like, young teenagers is ghastly, you mm-hmm. know, and, yeah. and very few people talk, talk about it in, in that, and it's it's a, it's an amazingly, and there are, there's stuff I, 
I'm hope I hope the implication is clear, but there's stuff I don't say on that podcast. Some of them about the director, which I'm really hoping. Oh, it comes it, through. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, I didn't I even know you didn't say it. Like I've listened yeah, to it. It was well, a long time yeah, since one, I listened to it. So like it, it's one it, of those things. It's it's kind of like I think of it like Seinfeld. You know, like the the contest or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, I never say it, but it's very obvious what I'm saying. You know, like <laughs> trying to say. You know, so but uh, but yeah, no, I, I so so I, I guess I'm always wrestling with genre to some extent mm-hmm. or just talking about whatever so i i'm probably on familiar ground with sf ultra but thanks very much for all the kind stuff you said about oh my it. gosh I, yeah I really no people should go it. listen to it absolutely it's 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 extremely rewarding and i would say you know go subscribe and listen to perfect taste forever as well which i have not engaged with as much because i'm bad at checking patreons but um also i mean it's just as always with me and patreon it's just worth it's worth supporting um Anyone, oh, you. anyone you think is putting out good stuff. Uh, that that's not just me, uh, but it, it, it more importantly our <laughs> hint, guest. Hint. Uh, uh, yeah, please, please help. Uh, no, no, it's it's more importantly. Yeah, like I think I think it's it, it's worth doing just to do. But the fact that you're putting out perfect taste forever as well with it is such a such a cool little perk. So um, yeah, no, definitely check it out. Uh, uh, it's uh, SF Ultra is the name of the podcast. Uh, the Patreon is patreon.com slash SF Ultra. Am I right about that? It certainly is, yes. Okay, yeah. And then um, and then uh, all the other stuff. I mean, it's actually all in the same feed, which is funny. Like the first, <laughs> the first episode you did just came up because I was subscribed to all units. And I was like, oh, yeah. great. This is, <laughs> this is that, real easy. Well, th- that's how I work it, partially because I'm not going to pay for – six different podcast feeds every month or whatever but also if somebody sees it they're like okay this is a person that can produce a weekly podcast and has done stuff about different stuff before so it's sort of like evidence but i will say trying to entice people to pay to hear two extra episodes by me a month when they by nature can see 150 is it's pretty remarkable. I've got any take up at all. No, it's Patreon, the new but. stuff. It's 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 the new improved stuff. You gotta like you yeah, gotta yeah. get the newest the newest grime. It's it's right, yeah, yeah, yeah no it's 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 all good and like you know as as part of the the bona fide John McTiernan army of uh, of content consumers, um, I'm glad to see you doing it again. It's it's always nice. I never I never want to see it affect your your personal or mental health, but also like any creator I like, but also yeah, God, it's good when when it's coming out. So. Thank you. I think I've finally set upon a thing that won't drive me crazy as well, actually. So I believe I'm in you. With that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Same well, here. <laughs> well, we were going to talk about a video game too, but unfortunately, I guess fortunately, because we talked for an hour and a half without ever touching it. Um, yeah. I, I did not get a chance to play it yet, but I want to because it looks incredible. Um, so hopefully I can have you back again again soon to talk about that. Of course. Of wonderful. Course. Would love wonderful. To. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, take care, Sean. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, any other plugs or anything you want to drop before we... Oh, uh, Bodega. No. Bodega. Um, Bodega so with the Bodega box office. Yeah, but no, thank you. This Bodega has been box. one big plug fest for me, and I really appreciate oh it. Oh, my thank God. You so no, much. It's, so, yeah. it's, it's, it's good. I like, I like these episodes because we can... Um, do the plugs every so often talk about your work and then just like wander off and talk about your dad in a welsh town for a while and i think that's <laughs> exactly yeah that's, that's, that's just good radio process. yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. all right well we'll talk to you again soon see ya hey thanks for listening to no cartridge if you'd like to support us further please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation paypal.me slash hegelbon h-e-g-e-l-b-o-n 
it's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.